0: just say, it is, it is so good to be here. I just have so much joy being in this room with you all. Oh my goodness. So some of you are thinking, who is that guy anyway? So I've been on staff at New Life since 2010. My name is Red Sevilla. I'm the launch pastor of New Life East. My wife is here, by the way. I just raise your hand. That's my... woo! I just got to get all this out. Let me get a group hug out. Oh, good to see you all. So the reason I'm so excited is because uh, just recently, my wife and I were sent out to be able to start this new congregation in Long Island, New Life Fellowship Church, same church, different location. And so it's been a while since I've been in this room with a room of people this size. So let me just take this in. Let me just take this in. So good to see you all. And then for those of you guys watching online, welcome. Good to be spending time with you as well. And you guys know that Rich is on vacation, and so I always say this, be nice to the sub. (laughs) Be nice to the sub. So we're in this series called The Promises of God. Uh, Fantastic series today. The title of this talk is The Lord Will Make His Way to You. The Lord Will Make His Way to You. We're in Luke chapter 3, verses 2 to 14, and so you can turn there on your devices, or you can follow along on the screen here. And so as we continue this series on the promises of God, I just want to mention the previous sermon titles so far, and these sermon titles actually feel like, they feel like fresh water to a thirsty soul. Hear these titles, The Lord Will Sustain You. The Lord is with you. And then last week, the Lord is good. Somebody say amen. Amen. Oh, even those titles are so good already. And then today, the promise is that the Lord will make his way to you. And so let me ask you, do you feel, are you in a spiritual state where you feel distant from God? Maybe he feels far. The Lord will make his way to you. Or maybe you have a friend and you know that friend is distant or far from God at the moment. The Lord will make his way to that friend. Or you have a family member, neighbor, co-worker, and you know right now that you're far from God. The Lord will make his way to those people. That is the promise of God that we are going to dig into today. And from today's passage, you'll see that there is nothing, that there is no sin, that there is no obstacle, not even God's wrath can keep Jesus from making his way to each of you and to each of you watching. So let's pray. Oh, Father, thank you for your word. Father, we pray that your word will serve to bring change and transformation that our hearts become good soil to receive what you have for us to receive the beauty and the power of this promise this morning receive his word today holy spirit of god come and everybody said amen amen so let's go to luke chapter 3 as i read this starting in verse 2 The word of God came to John, that's John the Baptist, son of Zechariah in the wilderness. Man, even in the wilderness, the word of God makes its way. Isn't that fantastic? He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. For as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked road shall be come straight. The rough ways smooth. And all people, here's the promise, verse 6. All people will see God's salvation. Jesus will make his way to you. Seven, John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath. Continuing to verse 9, the ax is already at the root of the trees and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. What should we do then? The crowd asked. John answered, anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none and anyone who has food should do the same. Even the tax collectors came to be baptized, teacher, they asked what should we do? Don't collect any more than you're required to. It's because they were stealing the weak, from the weak and the oppressed, he told them. Then some soldiers asked him, and what should we do? He replied, don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. Amen. So the promise is in verse 6 when it says, all people will see God's salvation. And some might be asking, well, what is salvation anyway? Well, salvation means being rescued. It means being set free. It means being forgiven. It means being made whole. And from this passage, we know that God's salvation is found in Jesus Christ. And so when that scripture says all people will see God's salvation in verse 6, It means that no matter who you are and no matter where you are, Jesus will make his way to you. That's what that promise is. Jesus will make his way to you. Now, sadly, that promise does not mean that everybody will come to believe or that everybody will receive him. But it does mean that no matter what your ethnic background is, Jesus will make his way to you. No matter what age bracket you're in, no matter what income bracket you're in, Jesus will make his way to you. No matter what immigration status you have, Jesus will make his way to you. No matter what the background check on your life reveals in your history, Jesus makes his way to you. No matter what your credit score is, (laughs) Jesus makes his way to you. Is that good news? Absolutely, that's good news. Now, in verses starting from 17 going to 14, it does take a turn. And it does take a really disturbing shift. And it's when Luke, in this Luke chapter 3, actually brings up God's wrath. Uh, very disturbing, very Uh, uncomfortable, I recognize even for some in this room. And it's very strange because it follows this beautiful promise that all will see God's salvation. And then there's this talk about God's wrath and even being thrown into the fire of hell, just like that slide shows. What a downer. And I know some of you here, you're saying, You know, you had me at Jesus making his way to me, but I really don't... There's just something I resist when I hear about God's wrath, about God being angry. And I want to be sensitive to that. Some of you might be asking, how can a loving God be a God of wrath? How can a loving God send people to hell? And I recognize this is very disturbing, but... I invite you to just hang on for a moment. Don't shut off the screen right about now, just hang on. And I recognize this is not easy for some, but I want you to see this very significant link, and it's on this next slide, that his wrath actually is linked to his great love, which fuels this promise. And so you will see this link today. And in fact, if we skip over the verses that talk about wrath and the fire of hell, you will not see the fullness of this promise. But when we touch on it and just sit in the momentary discomfort, you will see the beauty and the power of this promise. You ready to hang on? And so in verses 12 to 14, we see why there was a warning of wrath in the first place. In verses 12 to 14, it reads that there were soldiers who were extorting money, there were tax collectors who were collecting more than they were required to, they were thieves in that context. And the reason why there was a warning of God's wrath is because of God's great love for those being exploited. The poor were getting taken advantage of, They were getting mistreated, and so that's why there was a warning of God's wrath, and so you begin to see the link right there. In in other words, because of God's great love, there was also great wrath, like this next slide shows. In fact, if God had no love for the weak and the oppressed, it would make him less loving if he had no wrath. But God's wrath is a sign of God's great love. And next slide, God's wrath doesn't make him less loving. It actually makes him more loving, more passionate because of his love. And so we begin to see that link and this story uh, will, be, will be helpful. Uh, I have uh, two daughters, 11 and 14, and they wanted to be able to get a pet turtle, this turtle named Toby. And I say, I know what's going to happen when kids have pets. The parents are going to wind up taking care of these things. And I said, I'm not going to take care of this turtle. And so Violet, the little one, said, speaking of promises, I promise to take care of Toby. (laughs) And so I said, "Okay." So they got the turtle. And I'll be honest, sometimes, Let grace fill the room. Please don't judge me. Sometimes I torment this thing. I just, I just, I just, I know some of you guys do this when there's a cute little, I poke at its shell or I give it a scare. Boo! And then I poke at it again. When my daughter sees me tormenting this thing, there is a snarl that comes out of her. There is a wrath that she exhibits. The way that she looks at me, I wouldn't even want to imitate at this point because there is this anger in her. Why? Why? You know, because of her great love for this thing. In fact, her wrath doesn't make her less loving. Her wrath actually makes her more passionate in her love, doesn't it? And so, similarly, God's wrath in this message, it doesn't make him a meanie. It actually makes him a lover. And you know what lovers do? You know, if you've been at a summertime wedding ceremony, you know what lovers do. They make promises. I will be with you. I will make my way to you. I will be good to you. Do you see that link between the wrath of God and His love and how it fuels this promise? And it's actually good news, especially in light of all these people groups in our culture, in our world, who are exploited and abused. They need the promise of God. They need the promise of God that no matter what, I will make my way to you. I think of, I think of new lifers who were abused when they were kids. As a pastor, I I hear the stories of kids getting um, molested, mistreated. I think of undocumented workers who are hired but not paid. I hear, you know, being in Long Island now and working with that new congregation, I hear the history of towns like Levittown, that was started to be able to offer housing to World War II veterans. And yet if the applicants of those veterans were black or brown, they were turned away, clearly mistreated. And I I think of young girls trafficked into slavery and the, the list goes on. And if you here in this room, if you've ever been mistreated in these ways, the promise of God is for you. The Lord will make his way to you. You can never be too far to be pursued. You can never be too lost to be found. The Lord will make his way to you. The love of God is for you. Let me put it another way. Someone's got your back. And this wrath for the evildoer is a sign of that love. And I get so inspired by social workers who work for the weak and the oppressed. These educators, and I see some of you in this room, counselors, nonprofit workers who care for the weak and for the oppressed. These folks, they're, they're living, walking, breathing signs of God making his way to the weak and the oppressed. I applaud you, these essential workers, who work tirelessly for those who are easily forgotten and marginalized. You are living signs of God making his way to those marginalized. And in the passage, this is where it gets hard because the wrath of God, the wrath of God is very disturbing when this wrath is actually directed toward us or toward those that we love and care about. And I recognize that this, it's uncomfortable. How can the wrath of God be upon me if I don't rob from the poor? I'm not like these thieves. How can the wrath of God be upon me? So just hang on for a moment because verses seven to 14 actually talks, say something about this. In verses seven to 14, again, if we go back there, we see how the tax collectors and the soldiers were called as snakes. Here's the tax collectors in verse 12, 14 soldiers soldiers, and they were called snakes. And the wrath of God was used to warn them. And yet look at verse 11. In verse 11, when it talks about anyone who has two shirts, or anyone who has food, they were put in the same category as these thieves and snakes. Those that withheld good were put in the same category as those who did evil. In other other words, if there was a clothing drive or a food drive and you have enough to participate, if you withhold generosity, it's putting you in the same category as robbing from the poor. So if you withhold generosity, you're put in the same category as doing evil against the weak. That is very very disturbing. I recognize because if this passage is true, then then we're all snakes. And if you actually feel discomfort at this moment, you feel the same discomfort that John the Baptist, that the people who were listening to the John the Baptist felt. And so it's actually normal. I felt this when I was reading this. And so the question for me was, how can I be in the same category? I've never robbed or did evil like that. How can I be in the same category? And so, let me illustrate it this way because we're in the same category when the standard is really, really high. And so, let me put it this way. So, one of the things I love way I love playing basketball. I can get really competitive when I play basketball. And there is a group of people that I really love playing against. And the group of people that I really love playing against because I feel really good and superior around them is six-year-olds and (laughs) seven-year-olds, maybe eight-year-olds. And the reason why I feel really good around them is because I can block all their shots. (laughs) And when it's time for them to to score, I tell them, listen, sit down. Now, when would I be in the same category as a six-year-old or a seven-year-old. It's when the standard is really high. It's when I'm playing one-on-one against Michael Jordan. Because his skill is tremendously superior and his skill is so high, if he plays me, he might as well be playing a six-year-old. Do you see that? And so the standard of God is so high, I'm in the same category as the oppressor or evildoer. The standard of God is so high that ignoring a homeless person is the same as exploiting the poor. The standard of God is so high that lust is the same as adultery. The standard of God is so high that cursing someone with my mouth is the same as murder. The standard of God is so high that withholding generosity is the same as robbing the weak. And so that's why we can't, there's absolutely no way when you believe in a God who is true and has high standards, there is no way that we can judge one another because we're all in the same boat. And so brace yourself for a moment because Scripture says that we're, we're all subject to God's wrath, and that is very, very hard to receive, and that's why this crowd asked, that's why the crowd asked in verse 10, well, then how, do, what do we do? How do we escape God's wrath? That's what they were asking, and so here's how people respond. They simply deny it. Next line. God is all love. It's impossible that he has wrath. I don't believe in a God who has wrath, if you don't believe in a God who has wrath, you will be skipping major portions of Scripture. Or people say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to try hard. I'm going to try my best, because as long as I try to do my best, I'm okay. But me trying to say, if I do my best, it's okay. It's like me saying, if I practice hard enough, I will be able to compete with the skill of Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan won three straight championships, twice. For me to say, if I just try hard enough, I'm able to compete with Michael Jordan grossly underestimates his skill, doesn't it? And for me to say that by simply trying hard and doing my best, I can meet the high standards of God also grossly underestimates God's standards. And so what then do we do? And this this is where the promise of Jesus Christ comes in. You see that Jesus had to come to fulfill the promise and rescue us from God's wrath. Jesus had to come not by denying his wrath, not by trying hard in order to escape it, but Jesus had to come to take it. He had to come to take on God's wrath so that we would be freed. In other words, he took the bullet for us. He took the bullet for us and then rose again in order to be with us. This is sounding like a love story, doesn't it? He took the bullet for us so that we could live he rises again so that He could be with us. And when I think of this, this love story, because it is, I can't help but think of this guy on the screen named uh, P.K. Mahanandia, Famous Indian artist, grew up in brutal poverty in India, but excelled in portrait art. So he would actually draw this, these beautiful portraits And there was a student from Sweden that wanted to be drawn by him. And so he went ahead and drew her. As he was drawing her, guess what happens? He falls in love with this woman, pursues her. They get married, and they fall in love. They get married, and eventually she needs to go back to Sweden but is unable to go back to India. And so what he does is he refuses any offer of money to be able to take a plane to go to India because of his pride, and he does the unthinkable. He actually sells all that he has and he makes a promise to his wife and he says, I will make my way to you. He gives up all he has and he buys this on the screen. He buys a bike because that's all he could afford. And he couldn't even buy a new bike, y'all. True story, he had to buy a second-hand bike. And he said, I will make my way from India to Sweden. I had to check it out if there was actually a land connection between India and Sweden, and there is. And he took it. He went through, next slide, he went through Iran, Turkey, Bulgaria, Germany, I'm just exhausted even naming these countries, (laughs) Austria, Denmark, his bike breaks down several times, and sometimes he goes without food in order to make his way to the one that he loves. Homeboy must have gone through a physical hell (laughs) in order to get to the one he loves. Guess how long it took him to get there? Five months of endless biking. Five months. Imagine for a second that you were the wife. No Facebook, no FaceTime, no Zoom calls. You're just waiting. Imagine when he shows up. You would not care how filthy he was after that road trip. No embrace would be too tight no kiss would be too long is that right and that bike you would encase that bike in glass and preserve it in your home forever because that bike represents the sacrifice all that he went through in order for him to get to you when i was reading this story i said to myself every single person Needs a PK in their life. A PK who is willing to sacrifice all and give up all in order to get to you. A PK who says, You are never too far for you to be pursued. A PK who says, You can never be too lost for you to be found. And you know the good news. The good news is that there is a greater PK who came, not on a bike, but on a cross. There's a greater PK who came on a cross. There is a greater PK who gave up all in order to make his way to you, who gave up all in order to pursue you because you are never too far for you to be pursued. You are never too lost for you to be found. You are never too distant. No sin, no obstacle, not even God's wrath can keep him from making his way to you. Doesn't this just sound like a love story? it does. And so look, look at these verses. When you're in love, just this poetry comes out. And that's what these verses are showing. Look, I will make straight the paths in order to get to you. I will fill every valley in order to get to you. Every mountain will be made low in order to get to you. Every hill will be made low in order to get to you. This is when you can get excited about this. Crooked roads will be made straight in order to get to you. Rough ways will be made smooth in order to get to you. That's why the Bible says neither height nor depth nor angels nor demons nor the things present nor the things in the future will be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's why all God's people will see God's salvation, because Jesus will make his way to you. Don't you see that that work, who he is, is the foundation of all of these promises. No wonder God will sustain you. The Lord will sustain you. He's already demonstrated the fullness of his love to you. He will be with you, and that's why he will be good to you through Christ. Somebody say amen. Amen. Woo, that was good. Receiving the promises of God. And do you see that without talking about the wrath of God, you won't experience the fullness of what he went through, the fullness of that promise. And so just by... Ending our time, just let me apply, how, how, might, we apply, how might we apply this? Today, you're, you're hearing this, and maybe you have not said yes to him. Maybe hearing this is really a sign of Jesus making his way to you. Later on, when Jackie comes up, there's a very simple way that we can lead you into that step in getting closer to Jesus so that you can say yes to him. And maybe that's you. Or maybe you're a Christian, you're a follower of Jesus, and yet you feel distant. You actually believe that he's angry and he has a wrath upon you now. The promise of Jesus is that he has taken on that wrath so that you could be restored in your relationship with God. And so when Kate comes up and when we end in song, receive the work of Jesus Christ who took the wrath of God upon himself so that you might be restored with him. And then just lastly, before I pray, there are some of you, you know people who might never make their way to church. And you know why that's okay? Because Jesus can use you to make his way to them would you make an effort in light of the sacrifice that Jesus made for you would you make an effort to be able to communicate to someone that there is a Jesus who makes his way to them let's pray Father I thank you Lord I thank you for this promise that will not come to fruition were it not for Jesus So thank you, Lord. As we sing this song, may we respond in praise unto you. Respond in this love story that we are in with you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Let's stand and sing this bridge together because of the work that Christ has done. Make me
2: Before I close this, I just want to update you all with some of our registration information before we lose some of our friends online here. So this is actually the last Sunday that we will have registration. So for some of you, this is great news. For some of you, not so great. So do not look anymore for uh, any information about registration. If you're ready to come to service next week, you can just simply come. um, And again, we encourage you to try to make it here on time. It's really wonderful when we can all be here together and share worship together as a community. So no more registration. This was the last Sunday. Next Sunday, just come in. Um, Similarly, there will not be registration for our kids spaces. However, be aware that there is a limitation, just again, due to protocol, there is a limit to how many children can be accepted in pre-K and in um, the elementary area. So if it is full, please have grace and understanding that um, there are reasons for you not being able to leave your child if you do come a little bit later. So, look, just please give Pastor Red a hand for that word. Not too many people can sandwich wrath and the love of God together. So, you know, in all seriousness, you know, what a special word, right? Because how many of us get challenged when we hear those kinds of things together and we just don't know how to hold those tensions? And so Pastor Red, he identified three different kinds of people and all of us, we all are going to fall into one of those three groups. There are those of us here that are doing well right now. We feel like we're doing well in our relationship with Christ. Um, and if that is you, you know, you're feeling like, like, I'm out a good space. The challenge for you is who is he sending you out to? Who is he asking you to encourage, to share with? Who is that person? And that's something you can be in prayer about today, tomorrow. Be on mission. You know, Pastor Red talks about that all the time. But it is your opportunity to be on mission and share that confidence that you have in Jesus Christ. The second group of us, some of us are here and we are struggling right now. Right? We're just struggling. It's hard. Like I hear this word, but it feels like it's just coming so deep, and then it bounces back. Right? Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if that's you, we're going to have our prayer team over here to my left, to your right after service. Maybe you need to come, and you need to get prayer so you can make a breakthrough in that area. Or the other thing, it might be an indication that you might benefit from Community. Maybe you need to be with other people to help you get through that. Pastor Helen talks to us all the time, and Pastor Sharon as well, about the benefits of what happens in community, how transformation happens in circles, how transformation happens in different learning spaces, whether it be alpha or whether it be a summer party. Maybe that's an opportunity. You don't want to let that go by. Think about, What do I need? And maybe that's an an opportunity for you. And then for my third group, those of you that just, you don't know Jesus Christ. You don't know him. And so you're hearing this message and you're thinking, wow, I I just want to know what that might be like. What might that be like? To feel accepted, to feel accepted loved, to feel that passionate pursuit for myself. What might that look like? And so for those of you, we are asking you, look, take a step of faith. We want you to reach out to us. I know it's really, really hard. And especially if you're listening out there and you're on one of the platforms, you're not a person in the room and you're just like, I don't even know what these people are talking about. I don't know who these people are. Take a risk. On your screen, you are going to see a text. You are going to see a number that you will text to reach out to us. A pastor will reach back to you within 24 to 48 hours. And somebody will talk to you about what this new relationship could look like for you. And we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you because we know there are at least a couple of you out there listening to us. So we're going to pray for you, that you would be courageous, that you would take that step, and you would reach out, and you would decide to just hear. There is no commitment. It's an opportunity for you to hear and learn about this Jesus Christ that Red talked to us about. So we're going to close. Again, there's going to be our team over here. If you would like to come for prayer, please step over here after service, and they'll be there to to pray for you. Um, Pastor Red will be downstairs, so please, you know, uh, greet him, exit greet him before you leave. Let him know um, how much you appreciate the word that he gave to us. And remember what he said, you're being nice to the sub. It's important. Be nice to the sub, okay? Be nice to the sub. He's right about that. Be nice, okay? So just let him know on the way out, all right? So let's open up our hands. I'm going to bless us here, Um, and again, we do this for a simple but a profound reason here at New Life. We all know that when we leave these doors, the world can curse us from one end of the week to the next end of the week in all kinds of ways and it's rare that we receive a blessing and so before you leave here we want to bless you and encourage you in your journey so brothers and sisters sons and daughters of the living gracious and loving God we pray that his peace be upon you We pray that his mercy and grace be upon you. We pray that your heart would be open to receive the gift that he has for you, that he continues to have for you. His love, his acceptance, his kindness, and his passionate pursuit of you. We bless you. We thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you all. Grace and peace. Have a wonderful week.